buttons and pulling triggers. This is Gun Funny. Welcome to Gun Funny, episode 58. Today we're going to chat with Maj Torre from Black Guns Matter, make a prank call about Moe's and Nagant's, and talk about how we're light. Today's panel is Sean Heron, and I'm Ava Flannell. And I don't want to have a bunch of little boring chit-chat because I'm really excited to get to our guests. But before we do that, I really want to just talk about our friends that we met out in Illinois. And that was Manicore Arms. So we recently, last week, we went to the bullpup shoot. And we got to shoot the Scorpion Evo bullpup. Yep, that's right. You heard that correctly. Sven linked up with CZ USA, and they designed the bullpup. Yeah, it, it is totally awesome. It's a conversion kit. It's going to be $400 or less, depending. It's uh, brand new, and it'll be released very, very soon by CZ and Manicore Arms. Uh, I, I'm really excited about it. I wanted a Scorpion Evo before. Now I really want one. Absolutely. And when they come out, it, when you can buy them from Manicore Arms, Ava, do they have to pay full, full price? No way. If you use the code GUNFUNNY15, you get 15% off of that. Absolutely. So go check it out, manticorearms.com. Let's get into this. Learn the things you never knew on Deconstructing the Industry. So you guys might be hearing uh, some traffic, some, you know, horns beeping. That's because Maj is recording straight off the streets from, what, Philadelphia? Yep, I'm right at City Hall. <laughs> nice. In the middle of all of the complete bullshit. <laughs> that is awesome. So I got to ask, like, how did you get into guns? So in my former life, I was a scumbag. So when you're doing scumbag things, you kind of, like, have to protect the scumbag profits. And I don't mean sales. I mean just like, yo, they got the stuff. We're going to go take this shit. You know, so um, that's how it, it kind of inadvertently came into it. And then as you grow and, like, become more mature and not, like, a jerk, you grow up, hopefully, and it's like, nah, man, this is this actually is a setup. Like, I, I actually am not supposed to be doing this. You know what I mean? This is not this is not good for my community. This is not good for my family. You know, it's just a system. You know, it's a set of probabilities that at a certain point, you know, you're gonna get caught up. You know, and uh, it just changed. But the inform the information, you know, as far as like uh, and movies with guns and fucking video games with guns, all of that stuff still remains because you have a passion for it. But it just, you know, you in the same time, you start seeing, you know, a lot of trauma. And so you're like, nah, I, I actually people listen to me in my neighborhood. So let me kind of like redirect this a little bit differently. And uh, but that's that's when it started. I, I guess that was like, what, 14 or 15, to be honest. I think, yeah, it had to be like 15 because I remember finding my uncle's gun. I'm assuming it was my uncle uh, when I was 15. So that was kind of like the beginning of it uh, around that age. And um yeah, he would never tell me. Like it was like I, did, I, I assumed it was his gun, but I'm still to this day not a hundred percent certain. And so like I did the idiot thing, like I like Mexican carried. I just walked out the house and went on my like I wish a motherfucker would phase, you mm -hmm. know. But that was about fifteen, so that's when it really started. Dang. <clears throat> so I mean, that's kind of when your paradigm shifted. Now I've heard you talk, and you talk really eloquently and uh, from a from a point of authority about defensive tactics, self defense concepts. So like. What, when you first started into this, when you first realized, when your paradigm shifted, where did you where did you gain this knowledge? Just through study, and I had an uncle that was in um, that was in Vietnam. I had an older uncle that was like, "Yeah, you and your friends are idiots. 
You know what I mean? Because like he would come home. This is this is a different uncle. At the time, I lived with my grandmother and my two uncles. One of them, which was the most amazing paradox between those two guys, one of them was you know a dope fiend, and the other one was like military. And uh, it, just between that and my uncle that was military, seeing me and my friends, like he would come home sometimes, and me and my friends would just have our guns around or whatever, and they like, yo, he's like. Yo, you, you and your friends are stupid. That gun's never been cleaned before in its life. You got eight, every felony on that scratched off serial number right there. All of these different things. So I had that juxtaposition. My uncle is who I would credit with that and was like, yo, this is how you break this down. This is what you do. This is actually a tool of you, you know, being more uh, responsible for your freedom. If it wasn't for that uncle, I mean, honestly, it, that shit would have went a whole nother direction. But because I had those, you know, those two different experiences and examples to pull from, it shifted. And I mean, he he put me on the things like, you know, Sergeant Col, I mean, Lieutenant Colson, and and like on killing and and like, uh, you know, uh, American history and just all of those different things. So then I would be around my homies, and I'm like, bro, you need a holster for that. And they're like, oh what, you know? And so it was like, oh, that's why everybody keep getting locked up. Because the police officer is seeing you carry a certain way and you're not carrying, you know, in a manner where you're actually concealing, you know, you don't have a belt on so forth and so on. And my uncle giving me that game, I was able to share that information with them. And um, from there, it's just been like, all right. And then my uncle moved. And from there, it was like, OK, well, where am I supposed to get information from? But without having that that conversation with my uncle, because he he, he moved down south somewhere. And um, I was just like, yo, I got to get this information. But I had nobody to toss some ideas back and forth with. So it was very like, be quiet. And my mentality was still, have all of the guns that you want, but don't tell nobody. Because if you got a gun, you like the bad guy. You know what I mean? And so for years, that went on. That went on for years. Like, I've collected firearms at that time unlawfully. Most times, not to my knowledge, just because I was missing the information on on that level. But um, that went on for years where it would just be like, I'm into things. I like them. I associated it with hustling. You know, back at that time, it was like, if you hustle, you don't tell nobody. Now it's the opposite. It's like, if you hustle, you, hey, everybody, I got all of the drugs. You know what I mean? And so, um, but then it was like, nah, the people that, you know, that's copping from you, they know, but everybody else don't need to know. And so I, I treated it the same way with firearms, you know, books. I don't even, YouTube definitely wasn't available, but, um, books, magazines, all of that other type of stuff that I could find little information about. And when my my uncle did come back to town, I would bust it up with him and get some game here and there. He introduced me really to like Clint Smith and like like old like and I'm not saying that you know in a negative way, but like guys that we in my age group would say are older guys, like legends. He introduced me to them then, but I didn't know who they were. I didn't I didn't know any of that, you know, and again it was before the internet. But um that's really what the shift happened. I just had never really paused. I never really came out in the sense of, you know, um, being being a gun person, you know, to that extent. And it's actually kind of worked out in my favor that I didn't for a very long time. Yeah. So when did you transition from just, uh, you know, sharing the stuff that your uncle had given you, had uh, had told you and the books that you were reading and, the, you know, all this stuff? When did that transition from you just sharing it with your buddies to actually being like, you know what, I need to do this on a bigger scale? So I was making music at the time years ago. I have like most people. I don't know why people don't know it's the Internet that exists, but I have like three like hip hop CDs out like they exist. And um, I would travel around the country selling my music and I would be, you know, in the same places that I go now with Black Guns Matter. 
I would be in Compton. I would be in Detroit. I would be in Chicago. I was already at these places. And some of the guys that I would meet, like, you know, you go to like, oh, we got to go to Miami for this, like, you know, hip hop conference or whatever. You got to go to, you know, A3C or, you know, all three coasts, these, these music things. And so I would meet friends there and um, I would check on them like, you know, I'll come back just to hang out. And I'll be like, yo, you know, where's Mark at? Oh, he, he caught a, you know, he caught a possession charge. Or no, they'll say he caught a gun charge. And I'll be like, damn, who he shoot? And it would be like, nah, I ain't shooting nobody. He just got caught with the gun. You know, and I'm like, well, damn. Like, and then when you go to a different city, you see the same exact thing. Damn, where's, you know, Rasheen? Yeah, he caught a gun charge. Who he shoot? Nobody. He just had the gun. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, every, so it's just having a joint. And these are guys that I knew. And I'm like, he ain't about that. He not, he not, he, he, he not a, he ain't a stick up dude. He not, he not in the street. He in a, he just in a, you know, he in a situation. He in a neighborhood. But he was missing the information. So because I had other information, i.e. from my uncle, i.e. from me studying, from me not really being at the range, like you getting a shootout, that's one thing. You know, it, it, it changes the mentality, but that's not training. That's just you lived. But um, it, it, it changed my thought process in the sense of, okay, like I know what a conflict now is and what a, a, and what a conflict is not. But um, I know what that weird-ass pink shade of fucking shade of pink that happens when somebody gets – you know, their head opened up, you know, but just processing that that way. But that still wasn't really training. And so what I started to notice was a lot of my friends was catching cases, not because they had an actual shootout, not because they, you know, robbed somebody, just because they had the gun. And I'm talking about guys that had never caught a case before in their life. And I'm like, damn, bro, all you really needed to do was this, that, and the third. And so seeing that happen in so many different cities, it was like, oh, this shit is not an accident. You know what I mean? And so... uh we just were like uh, joking in like 2015, I want to say, and it was a, going into uh, the 2016 election, and everybody was like, "Voters registration drive, voters registration drive," and I was like, "Shit, all of my friends is catching gun charges. We need a, a license to carry drive." And we joked about it, but then it turned into something. And we was like, "Yo, let's do it," and we wound up doing it. And it was way too many people at that location that we had it at, and people from Jersey, people from Brooklyn, same people that was like. I, I need something like this in my neighborhood. And so they didn't even know, like, it's different rules. Like, they didn't know. Like, I'm like, bro, you live in Jersey. Like, your rules are different than my rules. And I live in Pennsylvania. It's different. You know what I mean? And so we just, it just, this shit really happened on accident. It started as a joke. And we was like, ha, 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 gun registration, gun, excuse me, gun, you know, license to carry drive. You know what I mean? When, in, in, you know, in comparison to the voters registration thing. And, um, it just kept going. And I'm like, well, well, I know this answer and I got some information that could really help here. And then you start doing more information and you're like, oh, this whole, this whole thing about this, the big city in the state is like, we want all of the gun control there. You know what I mean? And it's mostly people from hoods that's getting affected by that negatively for the most part. And so we just was like, yo, let's just, let's just do it. And it's, it's been spiraling like ever since, like, I can't stop now. It's like, Every time I'll be like, okay, we finished the tour. Um, the tour is actually finished now. We've already hit over 50 cities. And it's like, people are like, yeah, but you didn't come to Little Rock. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so it's weird, but it's like, it, it just took on its own life of itself. But that's really when it started. When I started seeing so much information, it's, I seen the play. Like, I, could, I, could, I seen the play. I'm like, oh, shit. I see what they're doing. I know the answer to this. And, and it just, you know, people just needed and appreciated the answers. Definitely. So do you call it the uh, the Torre tour? 
<laughs> I thought kidding. about that. Fifty <laughs> State Two Ray, like T O U R Two Tour Two Ray, right? Yeah. <laughs> but so, um, yeah, this is the Black Black Guns Matter tour, and it's actually been cool so far. First, I appreciate y'all for coming. That wasn't a Black Guns Matter class, but y'all coming to the joint out of the Bristol Bristol Cone, you know, over there in Denver. I appreciate y'all for popping up in that. You know what I mean? And it's the same thing. It's like all of these people. From all of these diverse backgrounds, well, Denver's like super white, so that shit was not diverse. But <laughs> um, <laughs> you're know saying, but there's like two know, black people, <laughs> yeah, it's, right, right. It's like four. <laughs> but um, but it's like just just having people coming out and, and you know and, and and want that information. Most of the times, was was good for us is we deal mostly with newbies. Like our thing is completely entry level. You know what I mean? Like guys in the beginning would come and be like, yeah, we talking about twist rates and we talking about puckle guns. And historically, I'm like, bro, they, we don't know the safety rules. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you know, and that's that's getting people involved in that way. So it's been great because it's, it's so many people that was like like most of us was we, we become like, I like this stuff, but let me like be quiet about it, you know, and to be in that space where you a newbie, you don't know where to go and you go somewhere and somebody's giving you information. And they're not judging you negatively for not knowing. Like people come to my class, they don't know what rimfire. They don't know what that means, and I'm I love that because if we get new blood in there that has a passion for a thing but is missing the information, that's how we win. That's how we change the mentality and get those paradigm shifts. You know what I mean? So when it comes time for the vote, people are now asking the question of, okay, who down with the Second Amendment? Like not. Well, I'm from the hood. I'm supposed to go Democrat. Like that's complete bullshit. Mm -hmm. But giving people an understanding and not judging them, and, and, you know, and and not having a problem repeating the same thing. Like that's that's actually what helps us as gun owners. Like we needed new blood in there. You know what I mean? We was talking in our echo chambers for so long. That's why, honestly, we was getting our ass whipped for some time now. So, for listeners who don't know what Black Guns Matter, it's basically, from my understanding, you tour around the country and you educate people that have no idea basic safety, um, just even knowledge of a firearm, and yeah. you're hoping the outcome would be to keep themselves out of trouble, to help with voting. What else? My overall goal is to get the NFA repealed. That's my goal. You know what I'm saying? We... Black, white, Spanish, Asian, I don't give a fuck. You, you, if you're under a certain age in America, you don't know freedom. You don't know uh, the ability to go into a store, just like you would now, and buy your gun. Okay, background check, cool, whatever, 4473. But wh what about the time when you could go in there and get a machine gun? You know what I'm saying? That's a freedom that we, to the same extent, that has been limited. My goal is to overthrow and repeal, get the NFA repealed. And in, in doing so, you need numbers. You need a group of people that are that understand that they're affected by this. Their freedoms are affected by that. If it's 40 to 50 million Americans that were left out of that conversation, if you look at it like a tug of war rope, there's 40 or 50 million hands from urban centers across America. New York City, the boroughs, is 8.5 million alone right there. If you can change the minds of those people that are voting in policies and politicians and then going, yeah, we don't want this no more. On a local and state and federal level, we don't want this anymore because we, we're, we're getting people to understand that a lot of the information that um, is being presented to them about firearms, about the policies, they are not rooted in safety at all. It's rooted in control. So the reason where, where the other side was smart was they made all of the people that's from like the working class and the warrior class, especially in the hood, 
they made us think that it was about safety or not. It's about controlling y'all so we can actually like flank y'all and, 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 and box y'all in if we need to. You know what I mean? So by waking up that sleeping giant and, and removing those biases, the overall goal is political power. The overall goal is getting people like, nah, like back to the Constitution, back to the Bill of Rights. Like, no, these things are things that we as the people are, are, are down with and in support of. And that is not granted by government. That shit is not like taken or given away by you. You know what I mean? So when you tell a, when you tell a guy that's changed his life around or a woman that's changed her life around, right? They might have did some time. They might have whatever, whatever. And they paid their debt to society and they've matured. When you start telling them you have the right to defend your life because you might still live in that negative neighborhood, but you're a different person now. When you start getting that person to understand and getting a right to vote restored and things of that nature, you get that person uh, shifting that paradigm. So really, that's the overall goal. If I could get like them 40 or 50 million Americans to get on board and they, as it stands now over the last two years, they've been on board. You know what I'm saying? And when we get that happening and we shift and get those things, those bigger things repealed, then we get to a space where I can get the fuck out of here. I can like go on an island and like hang out with like all hot chicks and like weed, like drink, and hang <laughs> out. You know what I mean? So really that's the, 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 the NFA is in a way of me really kicking it. You know what I mean? So I got to get that shit out of the way. So Black Guns Matter was really created to make sure that we can wake up that amount of people from urban places across the country that they, they deliberately being told, they, they, they being sold some bullshit. That's just what it is, you know? So that's really the, the, the overall goal. So what do you think so far you've accomplished? So we've hit 50 cities now at presently. Um, we've hit, I don't know how many hundred tens of hundreds of thousands of people that have, have shifted their perspective on the second amendment. First of all, telling people, American citizens, just because you're from a certain economic status or a certain area, there were people that believed that the Second Amendment was not about them. Like, that is a permeating fucking statement in all of our classes, even two, three years later at this point. Yeah. You know, when they wrote that, that wasn't for us. Yeah, fuck all that. That's yours. You know what I mean? So that's one of the biggest accomplishments, paradigm shifting. And the other thing is, like, cutting down on trauma. So, for example, 2016... Before we started the overall big tour, the 50-state tour, we did most of our classes in Philly, my hometown. What happened there was when the stats came out at the end of 2016, Philadelphia had the lowest violent crime that it had had since, like, 1979. You know what I mean? And a small slither of that is, you know, our classes were literally across the street from the licensing unit for, you know, for your, your, your license to carry. And I, I feel like that's a huge accomplishment. I've seen so much trauma in my town. So that was a big thing. And because we started sending so many people over to the licensing unit, they literally, like, I know that we are responsible for sending at least 10,000 people to the licensing unit in the city of Philadelphia during that time, during the years of 2016 and 2017. I know that for a fact, without a doubt. They literally picked up and moved the licensing unit somewhere else, like in a weird no man's land part of the city. And they changed the hours from like eight in the morning to like one o'clock in the afternoon, only on certain select days. And me personally, is it more difficult? Yeah. But I take that as a badge of honor. That means you threatened by me. That means you scared of the work that we doing. That's why you're trying to go out your way to make it a little bit more uh, inconvenient for American citizens. And it's good for us on one level because we go, see, look what they doing. 
This is they're not trying to respect your freedoms. And these are the politicians that supporting those guys that make those types of moves. So it creates a space where we can they, they further expose themselves. They come from behind cover, you know, and it helps us, you know, stitch them right up because we it's, when it when it's hidden, it's harder to explain to people like this is these are your freedoms and this is how they trying to steal them. But when they when they when they make a move that you can clearly see and show, then people go, oh shit, that's really what they doing, you know. So those are some of the things that we've accomplished. But the biggest thing is really just getting people on that safety vibe. You know what I mean? And, and, and like not being afraid, understanding the basic four rules at least, um, and just putting them on that path to, you know, right, you know, and responsible firearms ownership and not sending them to jail in the process. We're talking with Maj Torre from Black Guns Matter, but we're going to take a quick moment and hear from our friends at Hackett Equipment. So when we were in Illinois for the bullpup shoot, we got a glimpse of the new rifle bag. We did. I'm really excited, and I was always wondering, okay, how is the rifle bag going to connect to the smaller bags, or to the Big Bertha and the EDC? And uh, and it's actually, it's really easy, and yeah, I'm, I'm super excited for these to come out. I was talking to Greg over at Hackett Equipment. He said that he's going to put together a little a bundle package for people who listen to the show and for Patreon, so that if you guys wanted to buy both the range, the range bag and the rifle bag you'll get a better price for that. But yeah, so it should, uh, it should come out soon and I'm really excited. Yeah, I think it'll be cool. It, 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 it doubles. It's basically a shooting mat that doubles as a range, as a rifle bag, which I think is cool. 36 inches on this one. Don't quote us because that may change before they actually come out to production. Basically Velcro is shut, rifles held in there safely. You open it up, lay down as a shooting mat. It was nice, comfortable. And the one that we had seemed like it would be great, but they're adding even more uh, padding to it for the production model. So, I am excited. It does attach well, and I think that they are doing great stuff over at Hackett Equipment. So you guys can go to HackettEquipment.com, and don't forget to use that code GUNFUNNY for 10% off. So I noticed that a lot of folks that support your mission are white um, on the surface. Mm-hmm. You know, it's great from mm-hmm. our view, but do you think that it tarnishes you in Urban Eyes? Nah, because it's actually... So on social media, the guys that buy the shirts and there's a lot of white support, no doubt. The white community, the urban, rural, excuse me, the rural and suburban community, again, it's marketed different in urban areas. So why would I anticipate urban people that are learning? They're not there yet. But there's some people, yeah, I mean, it's, it's my white homies in different parts of Penn, Pennsylvania, like Adam Kraut. Like that motherfucker grew up around guns. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, mm-hmm. all right, cool. So on social media, they're more highlighting because they have more of an information base because so because, again, I got white homies that's in urban America that don't know anything about guns other than I got one and, I, and I'm going to hide it and I'm going to shoot you if, you know, to protect what's mine. But outside of that, they don't they don't know the history. They don't know the mechanics. They don't know a lot of other different things because it's marketed differently in different demographics. Right. So when I have a lot, you know, white guys and girls that come out and be like, oh, yeah, we support that. Da, 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 those guys and women are actually going, yo, you're doing something that we wanted to do, but honestly, that's not my neighborhood. So I don't know how it would be, how it would be received, you know, so that doesn't knock it because then what happens is then you come to the classes, social media, one thing, but we, we, we exist still in real life. Yeah. You come to the Compton class, it's 500 black people in there getting information for free. You know what I'm saying? You come to the Atlanta class, it's 400 black people in there. You know what I mean? It's like, White people are the minority in the actual class. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so 
the beauty for for us is like yo this 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 freedom to defend your life transcends these these racial things that people are trying to present to try to keep us separate you know what i mean so it don't and and the, and the hood see it they go oh i see what you're doing Maj. you know what i mean they see like yo you could learn from anybody like you'd be like that's like masad ayub gave me one-on-one private information you know at a certain point you would be an idiot to not get some pointers from Masad Ayub. Yep. Just any, I mean, regardless of the politic or things that he might say or do that people disagree with, there's a, there's a litany of information there. Like Pincus, Rob Pincus, like, okay, you might, some people might not like him. Oh, he doesn't like the NRA. Da, da, da. Okay, cool. But you can't stop the work ethic and the time that he's put in and the knowledge base that he has. You know what I'm saying? Or all of that other type of stuff. You cannot deny that. And when you attempt to deny that specifically just because he a white dude, you look stupid. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. I mean, you you can do that, but it doesn't really make sense. You know, it, it doesn't really, it doesn't make sense at all. You know, so it, it don't lose the cred at all. Yeah, it just it made me wonder because I know that uh, w- when we saw you in Denver, we bought shirts and Ava actually bought one that said, uh, you know, make the hood great again, mm-hmm. which we get it. Like we get the irony behind that shirt and the white girl wearing that shirt. That's why we bought it, because we don't really give a fuck what anyone thinks. And we thought it was funny, but we also wanted to support your mission. And there were some people right. on social media that had a problem with that. And it kind of just made me think about it. And I was like, yeah, I mean, obviously we don't care. We support you. We've, we've had you on multiple shows and multiple times. We value what you bring to the community uh, in general. But I just wondered if you saw a bunch of that kind of in real life as well. Yeah. Nah, in real life, motherfuckers go, okay. So I got my first class, right? We had the class and you know, my homies came out and like, I say this all the time. Like some of my homies, like them, them dudes look like they look scary. Like don't, I wouldn't like, cause don't walk up on me like you my man and I know you, but you look scary. You got like tattoos. You look like this is no different than like a biker. Some biker motherfuckers with big beards and tattoos and fucking bald head. Like you, you fucking look scary, bro. Like this is what it, <laughs> and bald you don't look head. like an Oxford suit wearing like dude, like shoe wearing dude. That's not who you are. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And so I had I have law enforcement at most of my classes to get that information. And I see at the first class, you know, one of my homies. You smell like a pound, you know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> I get that he is coming in here. He like, yo, Maj, like, you know, it's like cops in here, and I'm like, yeah. He like, you know, you know, I got that thing on me. I'm like, bro, everybody in here got that thing on him. Like, it's cool. Like, we good. Then I see them both sizing each other up. But what happened was the information. Like, my homie is telling the retired state trooper, like, no, you need a CMC trigger. Look, let me tell you why. It's just flatter and like explaining that to him. So it, it creates a space where it's the information trumps the particular bias. And in that scenario, because both of those guys happen to be black, but the, the distrust for, for law enforcement in my community is way stronger than the distrust for a dude that happens to be white. So when I, when I have, you know, white instructors or black instructors or whatever, or black instructors with white, some white students that are beginners, that information that these people want is 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 a far outweighs, especially if the person's cool. If you a dickhead, people go like, "Yeah, that dude know his shit," but he's a dickhead. Like that's that's universal, you know. So the people that come to our classes, they go like, "Yeah, this this is the guy that has the information." So all right, I want the information. And to be honest, by and large, most people that are beginners want the information. And if you got that knowledge form, like man, I don't care if you like like oh. Okay, so you looking at me straight when you telling me the stuff I need to know, you know, and that's really that's that's more of the overarching thing. But, you know, the Internet, 
people don't get punched in the mouth enough, you yeah. know? So on the internet, like, you could just say stuff and nobody hits you. Nobody, like, fucks you up, like, back in the day. So people, you know, the internet gave a voice to a lot of cowards, and they'll say shit like that. And I remember, I make jokes of it. Like, so when, when the person said, it was like, oh, these, they should have, because I, I remember the picture that y'all talking about, and it was like, they should have, you know, like, what does it look like the white girl having, you know, the shirt on? And I'm like, oh, my bad, y'all. I forgot to give y'all, like, the fucking Frank Sinatra version. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yep, that's exactly it. I was like, <laughs> that shit was funny as hell. So you've been covering uh, a ton of events and stuff. You've been, you know, you've landed really huge interviews with large companies. Did you ever think that you would be selected as someone to represent the 2A community? Fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Like in my head, I'm like, at a certain point, I was like, I am going to be the biggest drug kingpin in the world. You know what I'm saying? At a certain point, it was like, I am going to be like Michael Jordan. Like, you know what I'm saying? I remember when I was a lot younger, it was like, yo, I'm going to be the best brain surgeon you ever heard of in your life. Yep. I think, I think anybody that, if you're being honest about it, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, t- I talked to John Hickok about this, right? They just like, doing shit like in their backyard like that's their house like you know what i'm saying like it's that's like the crib and like they're like yeah we like this stuff and you know and who was later it's like if people are being honest a lot of times you you know you do things and you know you have a passion for things but in the beginning you don't really know i know all of the people that i know you don't really know how far this this thing is going to go i think that 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 level of Maybe it's being naive or maybe it's just staying open to new possibilities. But I think that helps. You know, I know it's helped my mission. It's like I'll be seeing people that I'm communicating with and I don't know their legendary status yet. Right. And so it's like it, it allows me to still stay fresh and still be a genuine person to them as opposed to me fanboying the shit out of somebody. Because I'm like, because that's what happened when I ran into Hickok. I was like, oh, shit, it's Hickok. He's a fucking giant. Oh, my God, this is Hickok. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So in the beginning, I. Hell no, I didn't know. I thought I was going to be a coke kingpin. I was like, I'm going to, like, I'm, I am Sosa. Like, that's going to happen. <laughs> and it was stupid. You know what I'm saying? But in the beginning, no. But the beauty of it is when I see people, like, I don't still feel famous. Right? And so, like, I'll see people, I'll be eating somewhere. They're like, oh, my God, man, you know, woo, woo, woo. Can I? And I'm like, yeah, come on, sit down, have food with me. And they're like, oh, my God, I got a chance to eat with. And I'm like, bro, like, I don't even get that part. And I kind of don't want to. Yeah. I want to stay open to like, you know, like what if, like yo, bro, if we like, imagine y'all, if we could fucking get rid of the NFA, like think about that, like to the 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 seismic fucking change of minds, you know what I mean? Like shifting that paradigm, yep. Like that's gonna be so much love, and if I, if I gotta stay open and objective to that, it's like something that you almost can't even believe now, because it's like. I don't have 25 laying around for a Tommy gun right now. I don't, you know what I'm saying? But it's like to like, to, to like stay open to the concept of something that you don't even think is possible presently. And then it become possible. It's like, yo man, like I can call any of like the really cool gun people that I was sneaking to go like watch their YouTube videos a few years ago. Like that seemed impossible. You know, so hell no, I didn't think this shit was going to be what it is. I actually didn't think as many white dudes that was like, like donating or like, again, Masad Ayub knew who I was. I read fucking Deadly Force like 10 times. You know what I mean? Yep. And so hell no, I ain't know. 
Hell no. <laughs> so uh, one of the things is, uh, so that thing you were on uh, on Vice the other night, it was a gun debate. They had a, well, they had a, they had a moderator-ish. Um, and then they had <laughs> someone from the anti-gun side, and then you were there representing, you know, the, the Second Amendment and firearms. And my thoughts on this were, A, the moderator was incredibly biased. And when the lady, uh, Chelsea, who I, I give respect to, even though I disagree with pretty much everything she said, when she was missing some talking points, the moderator brought those talking points up, which means he's, I mean, he was incredibly biased, even though the premise of the whole thing, he seemed fairly unbiased, but in, in the actual practical application of the debate, he seemed really biased, but man, you, you fucking killed it. Like you were Thank awesome. You. I, I watched the whole thing. Uh, Ava watched the whole thing. Yeah. Um, we were in the comments, we were watching decidedly second amendment came out on top in everything, even though the moderator awarded her a win for a 2% decrease, Yeah, which I'm like, there's a thousand <laughs> factors there, but she, she was from the every town handbook, man. She, she was, uh, for, she tried the statistics when, when no one bit on the statistics, she brought it back to the emotional over and over and over again. And you, you kept it real the entire fucking time. And it was awesome. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. What did you, what did you think about the whole experience? I think it was cool. I went into that knowing that it was a setup, like the shit Dana did. And I, again, I, pardon me, y'all. I don't know who, this is the, again, another thing of the naivety. I don't know who likes who or doesn't like who. The politics of it for me are kind of like I'm unaware to it. So I don't want to name drop people that people might not like the listeners and shit like that. Oh, uh, it doesn't matter. Yeah. That, but that scenario, it's like she went to go do this town hall shit. And I'm like, you and the lions then, bro. Like, this is what it is. And so it was, it, it felt very similar to me there. But I'm like, all right, cool. It ain't a shootout. I've been in a shootout. What the fuck they going to do? What they going to do? They don't even have a gun. Like, that's the worst thing that could happen is it turns into a shootout. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be in the room with a gun. Y'all are not. And no one's going to, it's never going to be a shootout. So let's go talk. The thing is, we know they talking points. You, I don't really got to slide off of too many of the talking points. The reality is if over 60% of anything is overwhelmingly suicide, you look at that. You don't look at the tool. But when it comes to the gun, oh, 60% are fucking gun deaths. So it's like, nah, 60% of them is like, that's a quick moment. And this person wants the pain. Don't get mad at me that guns are effective. Even on the negative side, that person wants the pain to end. That person wants the pain to end. So... How about instead of we getting to that point of get rid of the tool, it's how about we help these people not have that pain? You know what I mean? So that that's one argument that like it's like they want to get off into the weeds of the stats. And is it is it uh, we 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 leaving out the concept of however many hundred thousand to millions of people use firearms to even defend against the people to save life? Well, because that's not a convenient stat. Y'all going to hold on to the actual deaths. And that's cute. I get it. But the reality is I'm walking into a space that is absolutely rigged. The fight is the fix is on. But the problem with that is I don't come from the same angle and they can't use the same angles. That, like if y'all went there, like, you know, how like the people was like, oh, you white people shouldn't have that shirt on. It's like bad business to like be white right now for y'all. It's fucked up. Sorry, guys. It's like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like people can use your whiteness against you type shit. And I get it. I understand it. I don't agree with it, but I'll use that part to my advantage. I got black privilege in the gun control conversation. I'm going to use my black privilege. That black privilege being fucking gun control is racist, period, in the fucking discussion. And if you defend it, if you know the history, if you know the history of it and you agree, for you to continue talking about it as if it's not racist, 
identifies that you are supporting policies that are fucking racist. The black guy can say that. And I'm going to fucking say it because it's accurate. And I don't care what part of history that you're talking about. You want to talk about right after enslavement? Cool. Gun control. Stop these black people. They can't defend themselves. We were kind of like fucking them up for some time now. Mm-hmm. You want to fast forward to the damn NFA? Oh, these, these, these Italian fucking mobsters. They're out of fucking control. We need to limit the amount of firepower that they have. It does not matter. It's always based on some sort of racism. Period. Under the guise of the public safety. You know what I mean? So they're going to have a difficult time. That's why they're going to try to like discredit me and all that other silly shit. But I mean, I wasn't even supposed to be like over 25. Like everything for me at this point is a fucking win. Like how, I can't, how do I lose if I'm from the bottom? Like, yeah. and if I'm at the middle, like, <laughs> what are you going to do? Like the only thing that's going to happen is like, okay, I have to like, you'll, you'll talk shit about me, but ain't nobody going to do a fucking thing. The facts of the matter are the facts of the matter. We know that y'all play the stat game, but I, as far as her, Chelsea, I do respect the fact that she knew where she was outclassed at. She tried the stats in the beginning. Yep. And she was like, nah, this ain't working. Cause it's not. Cause yeah. I'm not even going to have this back and forth statistic numbers can be manipulated conversation with you. Agreed. And then at the end of the day, even if you got a stat for my stat and I got a stat for your stat, I'm still, I got freedom on my side. I have the right. Yeah. If everybody did, if nine out of 10 people did the wrong thing with the gun, that does not infringe on my right to do the right thing with the gun. Period. And you Mm -hmm. cannot argue against that. You know what I mean? And I think I I do commend her for acknowledging, you know, and that's why I wanted to, you know, give her some thanks. Like, yo, most people don't even say that. They don't want to pretend like it's not about racism. Slavery wasn't about racism. Yo, shut the fuck up. It was a business decision, no doubt. But it wasn't like let's enslave everybody. It was like, yo, let's get like the black people like that's that happened. Like cut the bullshit. So I, I, I commend her for that, you know, and acknowledging it. And, I, you know, I did a little bit of homework on her. She's had conversations mirroring those sentiments before, you know, the debate. But the reality is, if you know that and if you're still pushing for more gun control, like people in the hood can't fucking handle themselves. You, you, you still you're still, you know, respectfully, you're still to a certain extent a part of the problem. Yeah. No different than guys that's in the neighborhood that's creating the shootings. Just because you black, I'm not going to give you the fucking pass, bro. You shooting people. You can't shoot. You doing shit that affects me as a gun-owning citizen. Like, you're a part of the problem. I think what's happening is we're so polarized and scared to tell the truth that it's like almost removing objectivity and balance. And um, I, that's that's just really what I wanted to bring to that conversation at that that debate. I did bust a rash, though, to be oh, perfectly honest. Without question. <laughs> I'm like, it's not a competition, but you you won. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it was pretty awesome. So, bringing us back to something that you kind of mentioned earlier, one of the things when when uh, when I had you on one of my other shows uh, in the very beginning, when I first became aware of uh, Black Guns Matter and everything that you were doing, we had you on the show, and you kind of talked about you know you talked about taking the message, the two way message, gun safety, all that stuff to urban areas, to to your hood and the places where you grew up. I don't even know yeah. if I'm allowed to say that word. Yeah, you can. Okay, yeah, good. It's, okay. It's, you got to say it. You got to say it fluidly. Hood. You're yeah. Hood. yeah. Hood. No, you are. Okay. Yeah. You're hood. Got it. I'll, I'll work on it. But uh, okay. some of the people that listened, like they were uncomfortable with the fact that you were teaching firearm safety and how to be more proficient with firearms to people who, uh, in their eyes, were criminals. And and we heard this like a ton. It was one of the biggest points of feedback that we got. And some people I like, hated it and some people loved it. Me, I loved it because I was like, yeah, uh, 
there was something you said. I don't even remember specifically what the, what the quote was verbatim, but you said, look, if everything pops off, like y- you need us, like we didn't even think we were going to get to be 25. So right. you need us, you need us to win any, any battle that there is. And I, I took that to mean, you know, if government, if we have to overthrow our government or if, you know, our government becomes tyrannical or just the, the battle of attrition in people's minds and the message and things like that. Like it, it really resonated with me, but I think it makes a lot of people uncomfortable because they may be criminals by the letter of the law, but you think that they should still understand gun safety and, and know how to use them. Hell yeah. And like some places I go, I carry unlawfully. And I think everybody's scared to say that. I was in Chicago for a month and a half. I'm not not carrying in the fucking south side of Chicago at three o'clock in the morning outside at nighttime doing conflict resolution and de-escalation work. You kidding me? Yep. Period. You know what I'm saying? Like that's just what it is. And I think we need to be more brave in that, in that, in that statement. So yeah, but I'm glad that some of those guys, usually, usually those guys are like, they're either like super collegiate black dudes that like went, did everything right. That's like, they have like a self, you know, um, uh, 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 like an a, a inferiority complex. Like those guys think that like white is like the height of fucking like thing. And it's not just like, I don't think black is like the height of thing. Like the height of thing is like, what's your work ethic? What's your, what's your knowledge base? What work you putting in your character? That's the height of the thing. So when those guys that say that are either those guys, the, if, on, if, it's on, if it happens to fall on the black side, it's those guys. Usually a lot of times they have like a law enforcement background or a military background and dudes that like love the fucking flag, like that you cannot look at anything wrong about our history. Like, okay, is that dude or is the white dude that's just biased? Your understanding of just like we get on the anti-gun side, those white dudes that get on the anti-gun side because they know that the anti-gun side has no knowledge of firearms, right? They're the same as the dude that you have no fucking understanding of what poor communities are or what black communities are. Cut your shit. Stop your shit. You do not know what happens here. Just because somebody looks scary, those same friends of mine will kill a ghost to protect what's right. Period. They just don't fit the traditional mold of what the marketing team told you as a gun-toting, safe, law-abiding citizen, right? And so it's like, you're saying, well, the guy shouldn't have had a gun. But at the same time, you're not saying that, like, I'm a fan of the fucking Bundy Ranch move. Fucking right. you damn right they should have. A million dollars in goddamn fees for grazing on, like, come on, government, cut that shit. That's actually what the Second Amendment was for. And you see, they got off, right? Yeah. You see, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's what happens. And I think that those guys that understand that theory philosophically, when it, you know, or in theory, when it comes to practice, when all Americans, when it's like, yeah, me and my homies too, that smell like a pound. They got tattoos on their motherfucking face. Just like your white homies got tattoos all over their fucking body. There's a brotherhood and a sisterhood there that their biases, I'm glad that they're uncomfortable. Because that shit is called growing pains. It's not called like growing comforts. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Those guys got to get uncomfortable. And then people like me go, yeah, I know you're uncomfortable with this. But let me tell you why. Somebody fed you some bullshit, too. Just like you work 40, 50 hours a week busting your ass for your children. My homie worked 50, 60 hours a week busting his ass for his children. And a society that told that's telling false information like, oh, all black dudes just have babies and fucking don't take care of their kids. So he has that on his motherfucking jacket, too, whether false or true. Right. And so. I'm just the person that's willing to have that conversation with him. So I want you to be uncomfortable. 
I want you to be uncomfortable. Two things are going to ha- one of two things is going to happen. You're going to be uncomfortable and you're going to be objective and go, let, let me let me look at this bias. Let me let me see is this accurate or and you're going to see that you're wrong. In a lot of cases, you're wrong about that bias. So you're going to see and we're going to grow from it because you're going to go, damn, the same people that told me that gun control was about safety. And I found out that was bullshit. These are the same people that was telling me that, yeah, all of the dudes in urban America is just fucking like selling crack. Like, first of all, crack is a fucking old drug. Like, that's not even a drug no more. Like, get out of the 80s. <laughs> but the other thing, the second thing will happen, you'll grow up from that and we'll get stronger as a unit, as, as Americans. And our freedoms will strengthen. The second thing that will happen is you'll hold on to that fucking bias. That You'll make an emotional commitment to staying wrong. That's what bias is in the presence of new information that exposes that bias to be inaccurate. You'll stay that way. Me and my motherfucking friends going to make fun of you. And when we stress, we're going to have a goddamn laugh. That's all that's going to happen. So you either going to grow from that uncomfort or you're going to stay a dickhead in the face of all other information. We're going to expose the contradiction that you're doing the same shit that the anti-gun side or the left is doing. You're going to order right, whichever side you're going to see that. And we're going to have a laugh. It's only going to be the one of those two ways because you ain't going to do shit because we all strapped. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Why not be, damn, I was wrong there. No different than me. I remember the first time I went to a gun store. And I'm like, damn, this dude is a fucking asshole. I went to a gun store. And at the time, Desert Eagles was all the fucking rage. You, <laughs> you know, one, you know how fucking old that long ago that was. Yep. And two... It was like, it was, you know, thing moving cycles. First is like Desert Eagle, then whatever. It's like weed. This is, now is Kush. Everything is Kush. A few years ago, it was, oh, you need hydro. Everything was hydroponically grown. <laughs> it moved in phases. That's just what it do. So I, see, I remember, and I go, let me see the Desert Eagle. And mind you, I didn't have any information about it. And this dude probably had got tired of every fucking dude from urban America, black or white, coming and asking about a fucking Desert Eagle, an 1100 fucking dollar gun. That you probably are not going to pass the background check. That's where his bias kicks in. Or you don't have the money. And he said, yeah, I can, they're $1,100. You, you, how many you want? One or two. And I'm like, damn, this guy's a dickhead. But in hindsight, as I grew, I'm like, okay, I understand. Or he might have had a fucking gun pointed at him because nobody that's coming in here knows about safety. Behind that counter, he might have had a gun pointed at him five times today. You know? Yep. And so... All of those things, the new information makes me go, okay, I have a different understanding. If And I grew for it and from it. If you're not doing that, and I'm more specifically talking to the white dudes here in this specific scenario, if you're not growing from that, you are part of the reason why it's more difficult for gun owners to get us back in the space of freedoms. We need all hands on deck. And if you don't want to get 50 million hands from urban America, because you want to accept that everybody in fucking urban America is just like the bad guy. You are part of our problem. You're part of our problem. You know, so I like making fun of motherfuckers. That's the problem until they grow the fuck up. So that's what's going to happen. Or you're going to grow the fuck up and we're going to win. That's my view on it. I kind of love it. It's a, you know, the second amendment seen as such as like a, like a redneck kind of racist thing by a lot of people who don't know any better. But to right. think that the Second Amendment is like what brings us together. Like I, I call you a friend. I call Tony Simon a friend. Argo Jay's a friend. Kevin Dixie's a friend. Like these yep. are guys that I have nothing in common with besides guns and freedom yeah. and the Second Amendment. Right. And I've got more. I mean, you've been to Denver. You saw that there wasn't a whole lot of uh, urban involvement there. Colorado right. Springs is even worse. Like 
I'm not in the same places as, as a lot of people. And they're that's, not in the same That's not necessarily true. I'm sitting next to you right now and you smell like a pound. <laughs> <laughs> of trash. But no, I just, I think it's so interesting. The second amendment would be the thing that, that like brings these two worlds together when uh, historically it hasn't. Absolutely. Yep. So I can't Baker's, help. Baker's rebellion, Bacon's rebellion type shit. Yep. So I can't help but think, you know, as we're doing this interview, you speak really well. Like you're definitely educated. And you mentioned that you read a bunch of books about educating yourself on firearms, but like, where did your, you know, where did the rest of your education go or come from? Why is pain. it? You said day from where? Pain. The shit, the streets is just like geopolitics. It's the same thing. It's like okay, so take like okay, America's supposed to become now like the most, the crude. We're gonna produce the most crude oil in the world, and conservative estimates in the near future, right? That mean you got the coke. That mean you got the stash house. That mean motherfuckers is coming. That's all that means. Geopolitics is just like the street. You know what I mean? And so you start the, the, the parallel between like corporate America and the street is, is eerily similar. You know, and so from in those experiences, it's like with real life consequences, you get lessons real fast. I need some money. I'm either going to get a job and have slower money or I'm going to hustle. And all of this shit is around me. Now, that doesn't mean you got to hustle something illegal. But if you start selling clothes and you start making a lot of money, the blitz is coming. They're coming. Where's the security at? It's the same thing. Our government, they got them opium fields. They got that oil. We want that shit. That's it. It, it hasn't been like a legit like threat to our way of life war in some time now. All of this other shit is like, yeah, we're going to go take that shit. And me, you know, us as Americans, we like... Okay, we got family in the military and all of that. You know what I mean? So we want to support the troops. But the reason that them old rich dudes are sending our young people over there to the wars ain't really what they're telling us. You feel me? So it's like that pain and that understanding of the parallel between the streets and geopolitics is where a lot of my information comes from. And my life has had, as most people, hard working class Americans, and that's most Americans. Most of us are not rich. We have real life consequences. You know what I mean? You didn't pay your mortgage. Well, guess what? <laughs> like you, you'll get two, three months of this. And then like we're coming to take your house. Don't pay your car. No, this is going to happen. You know what I'm saying? You say the wrong thing at the bar to the dudes. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like they're going to fucking try to punch a hole in your face. Like real life consequences. That's where the Second Amendment is very important. There has been they've been tricking us. And to not making our government have real life consequences for their fucking actions. And the founding fathers knew that. Y'all need to be in check. And and the check is going to be based in, we're going we to put you in position with these firearms, the, the ability to put our elected representatives on timeout. So between the self-study and the practical life issues of real accountability, you know what I'm saying? Like my friends, like, yo, we gave you, we gave him our merchandise to sell. We said have this money by this time. After a certain point, you do not have the money. We are coming to kill you. There's no, that is politics. That is war by a different means, right? We tried it diplomatically. That is real life consequences of the American histories that we study. And our government presently does it. So having that, that I'm a study and I'm going to be outside, you, you start seeing them parallels. You know what I mean? Like Sean, you were saying like, yo, you see, like, damn, I have a lot in common with these dudes that pe- are from different neighborhoods that I, I traditionally, certain things I may have in common, but a lot of other things people wouldn't think. 
that we did have in common. We got this one or two big things in common. You know what I mean? And you, those parallels are drawn. And now you're like, nah, that guy's not an asshole because he's black. That guy's not an asshole because he's white. That guy's an asshole or an awesome dude because he's an awesome dude that happens to be black, an awesome woman or dude that happens to be white, whatever. You know what I mean? And so that's where my life lessons is coming from. Like they, like after a certain point, after a couple of shootouts, everything else just sound like, like that, that ain't no real conflict. Cause like that shit is like, you know, we just got to struggle around an issue to figure it out. You know what I'm saying? But for the most part, people don't have them real life consequences for a very long, this girl that's walking past me is really hot. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, for the most part, they don't have no real life consequences. And so when you have study or theory and then practically applied sciences of those theories, the lessons and the wisdoms and the experiences are tenfold, you know, and that's what most of my, my understanding comes from is like lived experience. All right. That is awesome, man. So Maja, we're going to let you get back to lunch, but uh, thank you so much for being here. We truly appreciate it. It's always a pleasure catching up. Where can people find Black Guns Matter online and uh, help, um, help it. Yeah, they can just Google us, Black Guns Matter. Um, they can, you know, if you guys, the GoFundMe, we have reached $150,000 goal, but we are actually thinking about trying to get like a, a RV so we can like stay in towns for a very long time. So if y'all want to donate to that, the GoFundMe is GoFundMe.com forward slash Black Guns Matter. Maj, M-A-J-T-O-U-R-E on all of the social media platforms. And even outside of fundraising and all of that, if you are going through something, you know what I'm saying and if you if you need some help if you want to talk to somebody about something man you know dm me communicate email info at officialblackgunsmatter.com let's just talk i don't care if it's four o'clock in the morning i don't really sleep like that anyway i would rather you reach out to us and we communicate about whatever you're going through a rough divorce you know your baby mom's tripping whatever your boyfriend's a fucking idiot you know whatever that is please let's communicate let's let's support each other I'm making myself available to everybody that's listening. You know what I'm saying? And um, that's really, the, you know, the, the biggest thing. So thank you all for having me. That's Absolutely. awesome, man. Appreciate it. And we'll we'll catch up with you soon. For sure. I'll talk to you all in a bit. I'm going to go fuck a steak up some more. I, I get it. <laughs> all right, peace. All right, bye. <laughs> all right. What a great interview. Uh, like, seriously, I, I, I've talked to Mosh so many times. I've spent time with him, like, with no cameras, no microphones, anything, just talking. And every time I feel... I feel enlightened, you know, mm-hmm. like I don't agree with every single thing he says ever, but I don't agree with any, every single thing anyone says. And I, it doesn't matter to me at all. It's just the conversation, the sharing, the open sharing of ideas, I think is so incredibly important and it's lacking so much in our society. I completely agree. Wow. Uh, lo- love interviewing Maj Ture. Go check him out. Black Guns Matter everywhere that you have on social media, whatever it is. And don't forget, you fuck around on social media, you're going to get punched in the face. That's right. <laughs> that is right. You know what, Ava? It is time, I guess, to do a prank call. But before we do that, let's talk about our good friends over at Matador Arms. So recently I saw on social media, somebody posted the Fury Grip on a gun that had a really nice camo pattern. And I was kind of thinking, you know, the Fury Grip goes really well with camo. It does. It was like a multi-cam. It was was pretty badass. And uh, we went shooting and I, I picked up a gun and... There, when you pick up an AR-15, like you pick up the AR-15, you're familiar with the manual of arms. Uh, it's good to go. You pick it up and, and it's awesome. But I picked up the one with the fear grip and I was like, oh, that, that feels really nice in my hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it does. It's like smaller than other grips, but the angle's right. It feels good. I like it. Matadorarms.com 
uh, is where you can find all the products, including the Fury Grip. And Ava, there's a coupon code, right? There is. If you use the code GUNFUNNY10, you'll get 10% off. All right. I love it. So thanks to them. Here goes our prank call. Ava, do you want to introduce it at all? Yeah, we did this uh, like five minutes before the show started. <laughs> so, uh, you know, well, bear well, with well, us. We actually, we did do this prank call before and it was, it's one of my favorites. We've done it when we first started the yeah. show. So it was like over a year ago, but I always laughed about it and it was one of my favorites. So I figured I'd recreate it. So hopefully you guys think it's funny. It's time for Prank Calls with Malcolm and Gertrude. Honey! Farms. Hi, I, I, um, my husband recently, he bought a, uh, a Mosin Nugent from you guys. And I gotta oh. say, it's so dirty. Um, it, there's like this black sludge all over it. And uh, I, right. was, I was just wondering if I could just bring it back. Uh, bring it back for uh, what well, exactly? Cleaning? No, I mean, you guys sold me a dirty gun. <laughs> uh, well, the the Mosin itself, it's, it's an older gun. Um, but it's so like it's, there's, I, there's this, like, film all over it, and it's gotten in, like, all over my clothes, all over my couch, okay. all over, like, my rug. It's really everywhere okay um well we can't we can't do refunds it's a firearm so it's it, that would be illegal for us to take it back that's it's against uh it's it's uh but i could probably transfer you to the gun library and maybe they could help you out um it sounds like it just needs to be cleaned really well i know it's an older gun so it's probably been through a lot yeah, and, uh, I mean, it, it has been through really a lot. Like, my husband's rubbing it all over everything. Okay, yeah, I, I apologize. Like, it's all um, over his face, and it's so, it's horrible, honestly. Okay, um, well, let me, do you want me to transfer you to the gun library? I, I assume you bought it through those guys, correct? Yeah, that's exactly where I bought it. Um, I just don't understand why they would sell me such a dirty gun. Can they? Right. Uh, I mean, it's, well, it's we could. Like, uh, really... I, I can see what we could try to do for you. I just can't. Uh, I, I don't work in the gun library. I only work new firearms, so I could transfer you over to the gun library if you'd like, and you can talk to one of those guys. Okay. And well, see can you just explain? You I don't understand why it's so dirty. It's it's an older gun. That's that's why. I mean, it's it probably hasn't been cleaned since you know. Back so in it's, the time it's from it all in, the bullets and stuff that's making that black stuff. Like I don't under, like why is it so sticky? I to be honest, ma'am, I, I really have, have no idea. Um, it just I, sounds I'm like it's, it's, I know it's an older <laughs> model gun. I think the last time they used them was in World War II, if I'm not mistaken. Um, um, so and it, then, it do you have any advice? Do you have any advice for like um, how to remove this grease stuff from my cat? Because my cat also it got all over the cat. Uh, I, I really don't know. I've never had an animal, uh, get into my, my yeah, gun my before. Cat, my and cat I, was white know, and now it's clean, like black. So I've never had that issue. Really? It's all, it's around everywhere. Okay. Well, uh, when you guys saw the gun in the gun was it dirty when you were looking at it? Or, so that's the thing. Uh, my husband, he bought it. I wasn't with him. He brought it home and I was like, why did you buy such an, a, a dirty gun and why would they sell such a dirty gun. Right. I, well, I do apologize. I, I wasn't there. I, d I didn't sell the gun, so I, I, I didn't get a chance to look at it. Um, 
but okay. I can let me just transfer you over to the library and they could probably take care of you. Is, okay. is that okay with you? Yeah, thank you so much, sweetheart. Yeah, no problem. Okay. Um let me just transfer here. All right, I'm gonna put you on hold for a couple of seconds, okay? Okay, thank you. <laughs> oh, Gertrude. Hmm. <laughs> She's so silly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dang it. I was trying to get it. I don't know why he didn't say Cosmoline. I don't think he actually knew. I think he actually just thought it was dirty from being old. But the the funny part is, is I was trying to get you to say the whole time to call me Rambo. (laughs) He's uh, (laughs) running around with the black on his face like Rambo all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. All right. Polymer 80. You just put together a Polymer 80. I did. I just finished it uh, the other day, took it out and shot it this week. And it was, it was badass. Um, I, I shot it one-handed the first time just to, you know. Oh, shit. I feel, well, no, it's just if it blew up, I only wanted to lose one, oh, I thought one you were, hand. Oh, I thought you were just trying to be like Maj. No, I was not trying to be a... Uh, gangster? Gangster, yes. Okay. I was not trying to be hood. Okay. That, that's the word I was looking for. Okay. It's uh, hood. I was not trying to be hood. Okay. Fuck, I can't do it. Yeah, it's hood. Fuck. H-U-D. Hood. Now, okay. This is awful. I can't do it. But anyway, I shot it. It, it cycled fantastically. I uh, had one failure to fully feed other than that it it was fantastic so i really like the way it feels it felt great in my hand and it was easy like so easy yeah they say if you can put together something from ikea i say that okay sean says if you can put (laughs) something together from ikea you can put together a palm rady now i know aaron from wls has actually screwed up a palm rady so i mean it is possible all right so it's not idiot proof no but he's also done like three since then. So follow instructions. There's tons of great videos online about it. And I, there's still some on YouTube. You can see them pretty much everywhere. Anyway, I like the Palmer 80s. Super fun. Super great project. Glad I did it. Palmer80.com is the place. And if you use the code GUNFUNNY, you'll get 10% off. All right. Go check it out and let us know what you think as well. Talk. Discussing popular guns and gear. Love it? Hate it? Find out now. So I recently received a pair of the Howard Light Impact Sport Bolt. And so we have the Howard Light Impact Sport, but last year, sometime last year, they came out with the Bolt. I have, this is the first time that I've tried them out. I gotta say, so I brought it to the, brought it to the bullpup shoot with me. And uh, there was cannons going off. Uh, lots of big guns, full auto. So it was pretty loud. And I just kind of wanted to see if I noticed a difference. And I actually did. Uh, it definitely, it canceled out the noise much quicker. And I was able to hear a little bit better. Yeah. So the thing about the Bolt is like they advertise it uh, having a much quicker attack, which means that is the, t- the the amount of time that the circuit needs to close to shut down the hearing. And it looks like it's over any impulse noise over 82 decibels or higher. And again, that's not consistent noise. It's going to be an impulse noise. But that's important, especially when you're shooting under a cover, um, like a, an awning or something. If you're shooting indoors, uh, we haven't tested these indoors yet, but I suspect we'll really see it there as well. But outside, it's going to cut that. So you have even less of that. Uh, it says 250, I'm sorry, uh, 0.5 milliseconds. So half a millisecond is the time it takes to shut off amplification and then turn on. And like you said, you could hear things better because apparently it, it uh, increases and amplifies by up to five X. Yeah. So I'm, I'm pretty happy with them. And then I also slipped in the noise fighters in there. So it made it a lot, a lot more comfortable to wear. 
Yeah, and you warm all day. Any headaches or discomfort or anything? The only discomfort that I still have not found a solution to is when I wear earmuffs, I definitely sweat more. It's definitely much hotter. Mm. So that's the one thing that I'm like, I wish. And I know the noise fighters, they have that cool gel. But honestly, it was so hot when we were in Illinois oh. that it didn't really. It, I Maybe it helped. Maybe it didn't. All I know is I was still sweating. Yeah. So Howard Light Impact Sport Bolt. Uh, Ava says they cool. And uh, they're pretty cool. I'm down with that. Yeah. I think that anytime they can kind of decrease that and improve the circuitry, it's a win. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, that'll do for that. Go check them out. Howard light. I get mine on Amazon. I don't, wherever you want to get them, I think it's totally fine. Oh, and we now have an Amazon, uh, affiliate. Yeah. So if you guys do buy anything off of Amazon, if you go to gunfunny.com over on the right hand side, you'll see there's a little link for Amazon. If you click on that, anything that you buy, we actually get a little kickback from it. So we greatly appreciate that support. We know you're shopping on Amazon. Just go click the link. Yeah. It's your favorite time of the show. The end? Uh-huh. Okay, cool. Good talking to you. Okay, yeah. No, it's it's where you read the reviews. Oh, this is not my favorite time unless they're cool. Okay, I'll start reading the reviews. Clayton Berkland says, recommended, very entertaining show, such a breath of fresh air after bringing more serious topic shows. Hoping to hear a Inside the Industry segment that talks about firearms instructors at the beginning and making a name for themselves. Apparently, they need to listen to Polite Society podcasts to help to get help on the universal safety rules. Also, I've never been a fan of prank calls, but the segment here is quite entertaining. Well, thank you, Clayton. I appreciate that. And uh, Malcolm also appreciates everything that you've that you've said. And I think... Uh, Yes, yes. Ricardo also says thank you very much. Oh, yeah. And Gertrude, she's going to jump on that boat as well. Uh, I mean, the wagon. Whatever. She's jumping. This is Balthazar. I wish you would all just shut up. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Next review. This one I'm not a fan of. Chris Newcomer. Wait, what? Yeah, not recommended. Not recommended. Except the silly prank calls. This show is all about their sponsors week after week of the same thing. Boring. (laughs) Well. I did not expect to see this review. Yeah, this happened actually a few weeks ago, and everyone had some words for him. So no, I mean he actually he he still listens to the show. Um, I think every once everyone put him in his place. I mean, honestly, like it's all good. Like I get it. I get that sometimes listening to ad reads or us talk about advertisers and things might get boring. But on the free podcast that you're listening to, that that's one of the ways that we choose to support the show. Like we're in a studio right now with. Recording equipment and all this stuff costs electricity. Tons of uh, we're leasing the room out. Yeah, I mean, like we're legit in in commercial office space, and those advertisers pay for us to be able to do this show and to make it good and to make it sound good. And uh, like, dude, I get it. Like, I fucking get it. But thank you so much for listening. And honestly, I don't always need need to hear great feedback. Like, I I appreciate all feedback no matter what. So. Good, bad, right, wrong. We we appreciate those reviews. Are, oh, yeah. Also, I have some bad news for you, uh, Chris Newcomer. You're not the winner. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, there is that. Clayton, get in touch with us. You win a thing. Yeah, something. <laughs> we'll find something in the back of the studio. I don't know what yet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, we're on a budget. <laughs> God, that was loud. I'm sorry. All right. Wrapping up. So if you guys want to find us, we're at gunfunny.com. We have links to pretty much everywhere that you can hear the podcast. Uh, we're also on social media. And if you would like, you should think about maybe supporting the show and becoming a Patreon. A Patreon means that, you know, you could donate a dollar a month and you automatically get access to our Patreon-only Facebook page, which 
there's always stuff going on. We're always talking, posting funny videos. I mean, usually it's gun related. Sometimes it's not. Lately, Bobby, he really likes to post pictures of his dog because Sean said that the dog was ugly. So now he's going to blow up our social media with snack pack. But I was actually just kidding. That dog's cute as fuck. Okay. Yeah. That's just because you don't want to get any more pictures. No, I could just block him. Uh huh. Oh, well, I wouldn't block him on the Patreon page. Well, but I'm an admin too. So I I could do whatever I want. Uh, what else do we do on the Patreon page? I mean, honestly, like right now, join for the freaking giveaways. Giveaways are fucking killer. That's right. Yeah. So you actually don't have to be, well, for, if you're a $5 level Patreon, you do get enrolled in our monthly giveaways, but we're also just doing an overall giveaway. So once we, once we reach 65 Patreons, we're giving away the Hackett Equipment EDC bag. And, uh, we're only a few Patreons away from that. And I know. so even if you donate a dollar, you still, you know, you still automatically get enrolled in having yeah. a one in 65 chance of winning that bag. Yeah. I, I think it's awesome. The Facebook page is fun. The giveaways are fun. There's a lot of good reasons. And honestly, if you listen to the show and you enjoy the show, become a Patreon. It helps support all those things that we talked about. It helps us hire an editor. Thank you very much to our editor, Kenny Ortega, doing a fantastic job for us as always. And, yeah. and we've gotten a lot more feedback saying that the shows have been, you know, the quality has increased. So thank you, Kenny. Patreon.com forward slash gun funny. Also, I want to thank the $25 Patreons. That is Corbin Bonafide. He's been with us for a long time. Yes. Iraq veteran 8888. Yes. Charger arms. Yes. And then our king of the Patreon. So in order to be king of the Patreon, you just have to pledge the most right now it's $75. So if you out pledge, our king of the Patreon to a jewels, you would then become king of the Patreon and we'll say whatever you'd like. But they are the monarch right now. They are the king. They are. And as a result, they would like us to say, actually, they want us to answer a question. So somebody writes in, uh, I'm a hunter or I'm recently graduated from the police academy. Perhaps I'm a precision rifle shooter. Can I send in my own brass to have something made? And the answer is yes. And it's a great way to cherish your memory forever. The thing I thought of on this is, uh, one of my friend's friends died and we went up into the mountains and they had loaded a cartridge with ashes and then we fired the cartridge into the air and uh, unfortunately we all inhaled the ashes. It was a complete nightmare. <laughs> but I thought that that round that to have that then sent to two A jewels and made a thing would be cool. Uh, yeah. Anyway, they're the king of the Patreons. Patreon.com slash gunfunny to become a Patreon. And uh, before we wrap this up, thanks to Maj Ture. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, he's a fantastic guest and honestly just a fantastic voice. When I watched him on Vice, I was really super impressed. And you, what's the name of the organization? Black Guns Matter. And you can find it everywhere. And there is a GoFundMe and all that great stuff. All right. We will talk to you next week. Want to send feedback? Suggest a place to prank call? Tell us about a company or anything else. Go to gunfunny.com forward slash contact.